Sick and tired of your love-hate relationship with wine? Welcome to the Feel It Alcohol-Free Podcast. Hi, I'm Coach Ruby Williams. And I'm Coach Susan Larkin. We're two former wine lovers turned alcohol freedom coaches exposing the lies about alcohol. And giving you, our listeners, the tools to break free so you can feel lit. And when you're lit, you'll feel healthier, freer, and more in control of your life. So relax, kick back, and get ready to feel lit alcohol-free. And don't forget, grab a copy of our wine-free weekend guide after the show. Hey, we are back, and I am so excited to be here with you, Ruby. Yay. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah. So let's tackle today's question, which is a really good one. And, and something that I didn't even believe. So let's, let's tackle it. So the question today is, can you really completely lose the desire for wine or your drink of choice, alcohol? Yeah. Great, great question. I didn't believe it either. (laughs) I, I didn't believe it. You know, I just thought I would just always miss it or, you know, just have to just say no, you know, like this isn't something that works for me and kind of be deprived, right? That's how it was every other time that I'd ever trying to change my drinking is I just sort of muscled, white knuckled my way through it, you know, hanging on by a fingernail. And you know, what is truly amazing is you can completely lose the desire for alcohol. I mean, I cannot believe that I can sit, you know, across from a friend and they are having my favorite Sauvignon Blanc, and I have absolutely no desire for it. But it takes changing your thoughts, you know, changing. And, you know, we talked about our brain having neuroplasticity, and it really does come down to you can change your thinking about alcohol by exploring the beliefs and thoughts that you hold around alcohol and seeing if they're really true for you anymore. And I remember being about over six months, maybe seven or eight months into my alcohol freedom journey. And I went out to dinner with my daughter in the city and we were going to a restaurant. It was during late COVID. So it was already 2021. So restaurants, you know, were outside. They have all the fairy lights. They had flowers. All the restaurants in New York had sort of these lean-tos out in the streets. And it was really cold. And it was, and so we're walking along and I'm looking at all these beautiful restaurants and all the glittering wine and glasses. And and it just looked so romantic and, and beautiful. But then I just, I had this thought and this thought really helped me, which was, it was like, oh, that looks beautiful. And, it, and I likened it to, but it's sort of like a vegetarian smelling a hamburger and thinking, oh, that hamburger smells good, but I don't eat meat. Ooh. So it was kind of like, I, I just thought that and I went, whoa, it's like, I can look and say, wow, that looks really romantic. It looks really pretty to see all the glittering wine glasses and the fairy lights, mm-hmm. but I don't drink because I have, and it's sort of like I have convictions around why I don't drink, sort of like vegetarians have convictions around why they don't eat meat. It's not healthy or they, you know, they advocate for animals and et cetera, et cetera. I have the same thoughts and convictions around alcohol. It's not good for me. It's not healthy, you know, and, and it just doesn't work in my life. And that, that really set me free, just that different way of thinking around alcohol. So I would love to just really dive in to this topic and talk about 
changing our thoughts. And so Ruby, what I'm hearing from your story, Susan, which is so cool is that it took time. Like it wasn't like you just had that one thought you said it was about six months. So you'd been working on it for a while and, and just like slowly (laughs) changing and like starting to look at your thoughts. So we want to talk about, I'm going to address like, you know, we always, we do what we want to do to feel a certain way. And like your thoughts create your emotions, which then create your behaviors or your actions. So thoughts are actually things. I learned this and it was like mind blowing. Like, I swear to you, I was like, wait, what thoughts are things? So if you think about it, I love this story where there had to be a thought. Someone had to think perhaps we could build an airplane, right? You can't, So thoughts actually become physical things or things in on the planet. Like everything that we see it is actually a thought. It's so cool. So, um, oh, yeah, I know. And you can, you can actually have more control over your thoughts when you start to become aware of them. Yes. And so awareness, we, you know, we keep, we'll, we'll bring up these, they're like some main pillars that we're going to talk about over and over again, because it's so key, like awareness and then curiosity. Yeah. So those are cool and key. Um, so thoughts are things. So when, you know, nothing can happen unless you have a thought and you can keep going down the negative thought way. You can, you can just, so you have 70,000 thoughts in a day or something like that, like thousands of thoughts. Think about that. And you have the same thoughts that you had yesterday. You kind of keep having them again today and you'll have Mm -hmm. them again tomorrow unless you look at them. You got to like, right. But you can change like, so I had thoughts like I'm ugly, I'm stupid. Like so many, I'm a labeler. (laughs) There's different types of we call them automatic negative thoughts and I'm a more of a labeler. So when I started addressing it, um, I could turn it around. So yeah. Do you want to go more into, into that, like turning it around or. Yeah. 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 Well, the whole idea just blew my mind too. I remember I was driving and listening to some podcasts about this, this idea that you don't have to believe everything you think. I mean, that never really occurred to me. It's like, is it everything I think is true, right? You know? I don't know. I just never even thought about questioning it, you know? And that comes to the curiosity pillar that you were talking about and awareness. Like you can't change something if you're not aware of it. So you can't mm-hmm. start to change your thoughts until you're aware of what you're thinking. Um, but it just sounds a little bit foreign because who goes around like, thinking about what they're thinking, you know? But when I was, I remember driving and I was listening to this and I had this awareness. I'm like, oh, I'm the boss of my brain. <laughs> and like, that just gave me so much, like, I don't know, power. I was like, whoa, this is amazing that I don't have to believe everything I think. And that I actually changed what I'm thinking by becoming aware of it. And then questioning it. Is it true? Is that really true? You know, that you, you're, you're stupid. You know what I mean? If you have that thought all the time and that's just how our brain works, our brain wants to conserve energy. So if it has thoughts one day, it's just going to think the same thoughts the next day because it conserves energy, right? <laughs> and our brain wants to prove itself right. So if we think we're stupid and then we do something and then we think we're stupid again, it's like maybe thinking we're stupid makes us 
do stupid things, right? right? Because our brain just wants to prove itself right. So it's like really important to get down to figuring out what our thoughts are, especially around alcohol, because some of the things that I probably thought about alcohol were true as the sky is blue, once you start to learn more about alcohol, educate yourself, you can, you realize, and also experience things like, oh, I'm never going to have fun at a party if I don't drink. Well, I go and have an experience about that. And then I, and that experience allows me to change my thoughts about that because I did have fun without drinking. And then I can go, that's not really true. And I can turn that thought around. So it really starts with awareness and challenging your thoughts. So how, how was your experience with that, Ruby? Yeah, that, that is really probably the most important question when you're challenging your thoughts is, is it really true? You know, you don't yeah. have to believe yeah. the thought that you, you know, since you were probably a teenager, like, oh, I'm stupid, I'm ugly or whatever. Like, like I said, I, am the, I was the meanest mean girl to myself. And this kind of just asking that one question, is it true, was a game changer. It like changed my life. And I can give you a story of like, I was driving along. And when I started to become just aware of my thoughts, I would notice it a lot, like when I was driving for some reason, and I'd be driving along and all of a sudden, I'm stupid. I'm, I'm ugly. And I'm like, wait, whoa. So I got a rubber band and I put it around my wrist. And I snap it. So it's kind of like a jolt, like to go thought. Yeah. Like, so, okay, bam. I just had that like negative thought or or some thoughts could be like doom and gloom. I'm always going to fail. I'm never going to get this. There's no hope. It could be um, mind reader thoughts. Like they, they're going to think I'm uncool if I, if I don't drink or there's so many types of negative thoughts that'll keep you actually stuck and maybe even stuck drinking. So this is kind of the first, you become an internal investigator. You put on your like investigator cap and you start to like get in your brain because you want to know, I learned this phrase, Susan, um, from somewhere I heard it. It's like, you are not your thoughts. You are the, you are the observer of your thoughts. The true you is the observer of your thoughts. So once you become aware, so again, you could try the rubber band technique. I call it my rubber band technique. I'm sure you might've heard it other places, but it's like, it's like you snap it and you go thoughts and then, Mm. yeah. So that's, and you just ask yourself, is it really true or is it a hundred percent true? Like, yes. And almost always I was like, no, that's just not true. Why do I keep saying it? (laughs) So, yeah. I know, I know. But becoming aware of, I mean, I use this in every area of my life. I started using this technique to start to question my thoughts and beliefs around alcohol. But then I started doing it for how I talk and think about my husband (laughs) in our marriage. And honestly, that completely changed the dynamic of our marriage because I just had automatic negative thoughts sometimes that were just old. You know, in in a relationship, sometimes you just have the old record player of the same old thought, you know, about, and I had to question my thoughts. And, you know, one of them was, you know, when our children were young, of course, he, I did everything around the house. And so like, when things come up, now we're empty nesters. And I would think, oh, he never does anything around here. That was like an automatic negative thought. Right. And then I had to wait. I went, wait, is that true? And then I went, no, he unloaded the dishwasher. He actually made dinner the other night. That's crazy. He started cooking. And so I had to go back and go, wait, that's not true. And why am I having that negative thought? And also even 
how does that thought serve me in our relationship? Like also even looking at the thought from that perspective, how does that thought make me feel about my husband? Not great. So same about alcohol. Like if you're having a you know thought about alcohol, like I'm not going to have fun at this party without drinking. When you go to the party, you're probably not going to have fun without drinking because that's what your mind is focused on. Like what are all the things that aren't fun? Because you've already had that thought and your brain is going right. to be looking to confirm that. Like we talked about before, it wants to prove itself right. So it's just going to go, oh, well, you know, this isn't fun. That's not fun. You're just going to be focused on that. So this idea of how our thoughts kind of direct our attention to our reticular activation system. It's like if you're thinking this, like when you get a red car, so all of a sudden you see red cars on the road, but you didn't notice right. them before. It's the same thing with our thoughts. So first you just have to start with awareness. And I, you know, we always say this and everyone's ah, awareness, but you can't change something until you're aware of it. Right. Yeah. So, um, can I interject really quick? Cause you yeah. said something that I want to like point out really clearly yeah. for our listeners yeah. is the all or nothing thinking you are like my, my husband never or always. So I want you to look for, for that's another thing to really look for when you, when you see like, I always or never or black and white really question that. Yeah. I just, so sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I wanted to like yeah, make no, sure no, our listeners like notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things you should notice is should, the word should, you know, yep. they say don't should all over yourself. So when you're saying should about yourself, that's a, that's a thought. That's sort of a red flag. Always, never. What are some of the other ones? The doom and um, gloom, the labeling, like I mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The think thinking you know what other people think or oh, future yeah. tripping, you know, thinking future about the future tripping is a big one. We could probably do a whole yes. episode on, on that yeah. one. <laughs> I think Actually, we should. I think we, we should. should come back to this. But just to kind of recap the, well, just to actually bring up, well, so, you know, okay, Susan, become aware. What do I do now? I mean, just to start with awareness, because at first it's awkward. At first, a lot of people will say, a lot of clients that I work will be like, there was no thought. I just walked in the door and, I'll, and all of a sudden I was drinking wine. <laughs> it's like, well, no, we got to rewind that. What is what is, or I'll ask a client, you know, what were you thinking? And they will just tell me the circumstances of what was going on. And that's great because that's a great place to start. Start with the circumstances, but the th circumstances are not the thought. Correct. So usually there's a big, there's a lot of circumstances and sometimes there's a lot of stuff in there. And so it's like, okay, that's the circumstance. You were mad because there was traffic and you were coming home and everybody at work, you know, blah, blah, blah went on and da, da, da. So there's usually kind of a, maybe a long story so you can you know, get the story and then go, well, what are your thoughts in that about that? What were your thoughts or, or if you can't get to the thought, how were you feeling? Mm -hmm. Well, I was feeling stressed out and, and then you could, it's sometimes thinking of the feeling first can help you identify the thought. You can go, I was feeling this way. Well, what was the thought that was creating that feeling? You can kind of mm -hmm. go back and forth and, and don't even, it doesn't have to be perfect. If you can't think of the feeling, I mean, the thought, fine, start with the feeling. Well, I'm yeah. feeling anxious. Okay. Great. Some people have a hard time getting um, into their feelings and they can get to the yes. thoughts easier. So I found that too with clients where they're, they're like, well, I don't yeah. know what I'm feeling. And it, it just takes time. So we'll talk more about feelings too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but just, just start to start to practice this, start to just get first, start being aware, get a little notebook and just start writing down your thoughts sort of like, and you know, get a rubber band if you want thought, 
thought, you know, being <laughs> becoming aware, thought, 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 yeah, of these thoughts. And like, and then you'll notice a pattern maybe if you have, especially around your drinking, um, the thoughts that you're having, you know, like, oh, you know, I really need this to relax or, you know, what's going on in your thoughts um, if you're having a craving, you know, what are the thoughts about it? Like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can get through this craving, da, 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 you know, like just mm-hmm. start to write down all your thoughts. Just start with that. And like I said, start with the th- thoughts or feelings, do the best you can and just start with that. But then once you start to get into some practice around that, really you have to do this on paper to start out with. It's kind of like a little homework assignment. Eventually you can kind of do it on the fly, but at first it really helps to document things and like maybe keep a little diary or a little notebook about it. So start with the feeling, the circumstance, try to tease out what the thoughts are. You can only do this with one thought at a time. So try to also, if you have a lot of thoughts, then pick the one that's the most painful or the one that's right, probably giving you the most charge, the one that charges you up the most. So write that down. And then how do you feel when you have that thought? And sometimes it is hard to identify the feeling. There's things like a feeling wheel that you can find online just to give you some language. Like, And Brene Brown talks about this a lot. Like just naming the emotion that you're having is huge too. Sometimes that takes a lot of the charge out of it too. So that's yeah, something really- Yeah, the Atlas really... of the Heart book is like my Bible for feelings. I love that book. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> By yeah. Brene Brown. I love that book too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's lots of places, but just even if you, you know, just mad, you know, just one of the basic ones, just try to get some feeling there and then ask yourself, how does this feeling make me act or behave? Well, it makes me want to drink. <laughs> Makes me, but is it really makes me want to drink, or really, how does it make you want to? How do you want to feel? Why are you using alcohol? I want to numb. I want this to go away. I want to, you know, whatever. And then, what is the result? Well, the result of this thought is I drink, right? Or whatever. I'm mad at my husband, you know. (laughs) And so then, thoughts might get you to drink. I'm mad at my husband, or I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I'm worried about the future. Yeah, I'm feeling, and that makes me feel anxious. So it makes me feel, and then the result is maybe there's an action around that. If I'm feeling anxious, then I don't go to the party. If I'm feeling, you know, whatever, what is the result? It's good to see the result because if the result is something that, to think about the result, if the result is something you don't want, is an undesirable, you know, an undesirable behavior in your life, like even, you know, anyway, I'll get, I go off on tangents. I'm trying not to do that. So (laughs) then, we, I know. Um, then what we we have what we call a turnaround thought. So once you identify kind of what's going on, and like I said, no myth of perfection. It does not have to be perfect. Just do the best you can. And working with a coach is very helpful for this because the coach will walk you through this and help mm-hmm. you kind of hone your skills in it. But now what I, can you identify a thought that is true or truer or a ladder thought. When we talk about ladder thoughts, it's like you may not be able to go from, I'm not going to have any fun at this party if I'm not drinking to, I'm going to have a great time at this party if I'm not drinking. So you might need what's called a ladder thought, which can be, I'm open to exploring going to a party without drinking and seeing what there is to enjoy there. I love that. That would be considered a ladder thought. And so you start with that and then you have the experiential knowledge to go and say, was this true? And you can keep moving up the ladder. And eventually you do get to the complete turnaround of 
complete losing the desire for alcohol. Like I can go to a party and sit with my friends who are drinking the favorite Sauvignon Blanc that I would drink and I don't want any. I have com- yeah. no desire. Let's yeah, let's I've go full circle. Let's go full yeah. circle to the the question. Like, can you really completely lose the desire for alcohol? And what we're saying here is you use these these tactics and techniques and tools, getting into your thoughts and beliefs and turning them around. And it's a process. You kind of, you and it starts with awareness and curiosity, like we said. I'm just repeating because it's this is this is how my life changed. You just keep doing yes. this over. You find your thoughts, you find your beliefs, you turn them around and slowly move them up the ladder, like you said, Susan. And you do mm-hmm. this with all of your thoughts, you, you know, and it takes time to just you keep does. doing this. Um, yeah. So the only other thing I wanted to mention too is that I started this process just not writing it down yet. I just was aware of the thoughts, like when I was driving, I think I should, maybe I did, but when I was yeah, driving, I would just all of a sudden see the words though. So if you can see the words, like a mm-hmm. sentence that could work too. Like I would like kind of, I'd be driving along and I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm never going to get alcohol free. And I would see it as like words and it helps to just either write it down or see it as words, like you said. But yeah. 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 No, I love that. I love that. Cause yeah, yeah. sometimes it is happening when you can't write it down or yeah. like, here's what I call a little quickie <laughs> is just jump to, is that true? Like if you have yeah, a thought, just start going, is that true? You right. know? And sometimes people can, that is what I call like a little quickie turnaround is just, is it true? And then you can, you know, you can do that quickly on the fly with, oh, with the thought, oh, one won't hurt. Is that true? Or is it just really going to be one? You yeah, know what I mean? Like you can led to use, two, led to three. Yeah, is that it's really not true? true? It's just mm-hmm. going to be one. You could just come home and just have one, Susan. That would come through. Oh my gosh, how many day ones did I have over that? And then it was never one. And so then never I had, one. when I started becoming aware of that thought, I could go, is that true? No, I have never just had one glass of wine. <laughs> ever. And so then I could just stop right there and go, you know, that's not true. Stop. Nope. Sorry, brain, lower brain. You know, that's not true. Gonna have to stop you there and just make a different choice, you know, and that's part of the journey in the early days, you know, and even, you know, to be completely honest, I don't have a desire to drink at all. Like I don't want to drink alcohol, but sometimes I have a desire to not feel the way I feel even currently at almost four years alcohol free. And the little alcohol voice will sometimes chime in and go, well, you know, if you had a drink, you wouldn't feel this way. Now I have, and I know that's completely, I know that's not true. It's just a thought. So then you can also, when you become an uh, observer of your thoughts too, you also don't freak the F out if you have a thought about drinking. Cause like, I, I, you know, I hear that too with clients like, oh my gosh, I had the thought that I might drink. And I will, well, so it's just a thought, you know what I mean? Your subconscious is going to pop up every now and then because it's like a computer. Like you may go do something in your life that you haven't done alcohol free yet. And your brain will just naturally go, well, you know, we normally have champagne and it's like, yeah, I know we normally do that. And, but it's just a thought when you can separate you from your thoughts, it makes it a lot easier also not to beat yourself up 
if yeah. you have a thought, you know, of drinking. It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, that's a well, tool I you- could use, but maybe I'll just go do some deep breathing and yoga. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's other tools. And you also shared in the very beginning. And I love that, that your new thought is I'm, I'm, I just don't drink like, like a like you're a vegetarian, you're, you're a non-drinker. Yeah. It's so cool. So these thoughts just, yeah, it holds no value. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I, this, I love having these conversations with you, Ruby, because I just feel like it's, it's so it's a, just such an amazing way to change your relationship with alcohol that is not deprivation based. It's not shame based. There's nothing wrong with you. I mean, it's just, there's thoughts, there's, there's so behaviors, much hope and we can change those things. Yeah. And it's not your fault. I love that. I love there's that. So, so much hope that you too can completely yes. lose your desire for alcohol. It's, it's so true. Yes. Yeah just not be driven by it, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. So today is my turn to ask you, Ruby, what you are doing to feel lit in your life. And this is my favorite part of the end of our podcast. Talking about these fun things that we do or just really, um, really beneficial things that we do in our lives to stay lit. Stay in this. I mean, we're definitely telling stories about, you know, the struggles and tools and, but also, I mean, the name of our podcast, Feel It Alcohol Free. So Mm -hmm. what am I doing? I want to, it's just a simple, simple thing. A lot of the things we're going to talk about are just very simple little things like noticing joy. So when I was drinking, I was noticing the, the despair or that's maybe, no, it was, it was that like that noticing more of the negative feelings, but as I'm alcohol free and actually there's no negative feelings. I want to actually reframe that because all feelings are feelings and they're all actually okay. I just, what we consider more of the, you know, the lower rung feelings. I do think how we feel, we have kind of, um, I think vibrations or we, I don't know. It's, it's kind of esoteric, but like when we can start to be aware of those higher vibration feelings, which are like the joy, the happiness, the gratitude, the love, um, and awe and wonder and calm and peace, like all of those types. It's not about that. I'm going to feel joy all the time. Right. I mean, I'm not like rainbows and unicorns. No, but it's like noticing, just taking like when I do feel the joy and for me, joy comes, I always, I'm like, Wah. it's like, it's like a little, I don't know, party, party in my upper chest that just goes out into the world. I love it. And it's, it's joy and it's true joy. It's not the artificial, you know, dopamine rush buzz. It's true, honest, authentic joy that comes by noticing it and becoming alcohol free. I do think that I never would have discovered this true joy if I just kept drinking. Like I I would have missed this part of my life. The the feeling, the feelings, the feeling, the good feelings and feeling the bad feelings. Or again, not that it's bad, but (laughs) I keep saying that word, but you know, but just notice the joy. So how do I notice joy? Um, Right when I start to think about 
sometimes I think about like a tree or something in nature and I close my eyes and I can actually feel that feeling. Sometimes I get it from writing a gratitude list. You know, we mentioned that. Mm. You can yeah. feel the the joy. So I would love for to hear from you guys. How do you feel joy? Like, does it come as a like a bubbling, or how do you feel it, Susan? Yeah. Well, I have to concur with you that I did not feel joy very often or at all towards the end of my drinking because I think alcohol just squashes that ability. You know, it numbs the good and the bad. You know, so when you want to drink for stress, it's also going to numb your ability to feel joy. And I remember when I started to get like my joy feelings back, it was almost like, what is this feeling? <laughs> this, this is like, oh, I felt like, I kind of feel like sometimes it feels like my, the top of my head, like has energy shooting out. It feels like, or it just feels like this inner glow. And Ooh, I love those visuals. I just feel like, yeah, my, like I can't smile enough. My face is just glowing and it's just like pouring out of my, like rays coming out of my body of joy. And um, yeah, and it's, it's really, truly amazing to, to start to feel that too. Uh, so I think the practice too, like you said, of noticing. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is it. I love it. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah, so we did that she, art. So Ruby just shared a picture of her with like rays of rainbow coming out from her. Yeah. So that's so cool. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're on audio. <laughs> I'm like showing yeah. a picture for the podcast. Nobody can see it. Maybe um, I could post yeah, it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a cool picture. I love it. So yeah, feeling joy, but noticing joy, because again, it's that it comes back to the A word awareness, because the more you notice joy, your brain wants to be efficient and do and does the same things. The more you notice joy, the more you're going to notice joy. And, and then that just starts more to. Joy. Yeah. And you'll have, it's like compound interest, you know what I mean? So it starts to build a bank, a joy bank, you know, that the more you see, the more, like I said, the more you see joy, the more you feel joy, the more joy you're going to see and feel on a regular basis. It starts to change. It actually starts to change your brain again with neuroplasticity. It mm -hmm. starts. So again, with the thoughts or things changing your brain, seeing more joy changes your brain and all of that is part of this process of becoming alive in our alcohol-free life. So yeah, I totally love that. Noticing joy yeah. practice. Yeah. Great. Love yeah. So, yeah. So I love it notice, too. I know. And if you notice, so if you notice more sadness, you'll get more sadness. It's like, like you said, it's, it's, it's yeah. like a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. And if you notice more joy, you'll have more joy. So I want to end with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, don't well, joy to, is a wonderful thing. I know. But don't forget to join our Feel It podcast Facebook community. I, I wanted yes. to plug that in at the very end here because we are going to be in there, mm -hmm. Coach Susan and I, um, and we want to create a community where you guys can yes. connect. And share our stories about what helps us feel lit. And you could post your picture there. 
Ruby, post the picture That's there. What I'll do. I'm in our yeah. Facebook group. So come on over and see us there and let us know your questions that you would like us to answer or ways that you feel lit. And we want to mention you on the podcast. And if you have an amazing story about feeling lit or your alcohol free story, we also want to feature our listeners on our podcast. So you could be a guest. So hop on over to our Facebook group and tell us your alcohol-free story. Also, don't forget to review and leave a review. You can leave a review with your story and also with questions that you may want us to answer. So have a wonderful, wonderful day and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Feel It Alcohol-Free Podcast. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do two simple things. Leave a rating and review telling us what you think of the show. And in that review, ask us any questions you have about breaking free from wine or living an alcohol-free lifestyle. That's it. Then tune in to hear your question answered live. Don't forget to grab your copy of A Wine-Free Weekend at www.feelitpodcasts.com. And remember, do something today that will help you feel lit. See you next time.